This is the DLR Cast, the essential podcast for fans of Diamond David Lee Roth. All right, here we are, like the proverbial lightning bolt in your Cheerios. Once again, here's the DLR Cast. As always, I'm Steve, along with my good friend Darren. Hey, Darren, what's happening? Uh, what's happening, like Fred Rerunberry and Raj and and Shirley, Shirley and Shirley Hemphill? Yeah, well, here's, <laughs> <laughs> good, good to see you. Here's what's happening: we got a special guest with us with us for a very special episode. Eric Senich from the Van Halen News Desk, VHND.com. What's happening, Eric? Good to have hey, you guys. back again. Yeah, it's great to be back on. How are we doing, Steve? Darren, great to see you again. I think you, when people say friend of the show, we call you friend of the show, Eric Senich. <laughs> Once you're a second guest, you're a friend of the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, two time, two time. Yeah. It's great exactly. to be here. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. I've been working very hard on my list. Awesome. Awesome. Well, okay. So here we are. So <laughs> for what, we're taking a sidebar and not talking about David's, uh, David's uh, cartoon output, if you will. So tonight's episode, we're talking about Dave's what we think are the most overlooked songs. So it could be from the solo albums, could be from Van Halen. I've got my list. I know you guys have got your lists. And um, yeah, there was one caveat though. You can't have more than one Van Halen song. I just thought I'd throw that little rule in there. So no curveballs there. But before we get started, Darren, you and I were talking off mic about uh, what we thought we were talking about Dave's tattoo skincare company. Yeah, you know, I'm super confused about David Lee Roth's tattoo skincare company because I remember reading one time he said he took all of the profits that he made from the Van Halen reunions and put it into this company and it's going to revolutionize the industry. And uh, pulling back the curtain, I tape a lot of interviews that are not related to David Lee Roth. Like he gets worked into almost every interview I do, <laughs> but they're not supposed to be about David Lee Roth. So about like two weeks ago, I'm interviewing this guy named John Boy, who's this huge celebrity tattoo artist. He's done Justin Bieber and his wife and all these major, major people. So I thought I'd throw in a little curveball. I was speaking to him because while I have zero tattoos, um, he was doing some kind of an endorsement thing with Patron Tequila. Patron's been very good to me. And uh, I said, hey, uh, I'm going to throw in a Roth question here. So I asked about Roth Skincare Company. What's it called again? I, I'm forgetting the name right now. Ink, right? Ink, Ink yeah. the, Ink, the original. Ink the original. So yeah. I said something like, so my second last question here, John Boy, uh, are you a customer of Ink the original? He goes, what's that? And I said, <laughs> that's David Lee Roth from Van Halen's skincare line for tattoos. He goes, he has a skincare line for tattoos? I said, yeah. Oh. yeah. He, he does. You haven't heard of it? No, I should check that out. That sounds interesting. And this guy who's about my age, again, primarily works with celebrities, super involved around music, and he's never heard of that. Wow. So interesting. So this guy is like a top tier guy, and he's never heard of that. So what yeah. you learn from that? Is it not a real product line or... Well, yeah, you know, he hasn't time. he hasn't been promoting it at all since uh, last. God, when was the last time he would have promoted it? I think one of his last uh, Roth show podcast. Episodes, That's right. Yeah. A long was, time it, ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was that flurry mm. of activity. He was doing a bunch of interviews for it. And then it was kind of silent since then. So interesting. Wow. You think it's you think it's no longer? I don't know if I it's no longer or. 
if it was just pushed towards a certain sect of the tattoo uh, skincare industry, if they were only targeting, say, Japanese style tattooing. <laughs> I don't know enough about it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, I don't even, I'm looking for a website. He would have, I would think he would have a link to it on his official site. Uh, admittedly, when I was trying to get another interview with DLR, the, I figured, hey, you know how I'm going to get it? I'm going to get it through the Ink the Original team. So I figured out some of the employees on LinkedIn, figured out the, the email naming convention, and nothing came back. There was no bounce back, per se, hmm. but uh, my stalking-like tendencies. Wow. Uh, Steve says, not fanboys, uh, fan, you know, diehard fans. Is that what you say? Yeah. <laughs> <What>? I, <laughs> I was tastefully figuring out how to get them and it was going to be through the tattoo skincare but no one got back to me so again <laughs> is it a real company or was it just like a three to six month pr campaign and he was like private labeling oh you think yeah it's it's not listed on his official site here he just he has his uh soggy bottom series the roth project the roth show playlist back pages press inquiries yeah so and Rumor you would has think it, he would have had it on his site if it was still uh, going at a priority. Rumor has it that actually made tattoos disappear, and that was a big problem. So a lot of class <laughs> action lawsuits. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I hope uh, – yeah, man, I hey, wish nothing but the best for Dave, man. He's been – He's been cool to the Van Halen news desk. I mean, he actually gave us a shout out, which was really cool when his dog passed. Uh, oh, he thanked man. the news desk um, and and the the folks who comment too. So yeah, he's yeah. We we've been running his uh, his his illustrations, man. They're interesting. They really are, especially yeah. the most current storyline where it seems like it's the early days of Van Halen. And yeah, and it's 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 always interesting, man. Well, that's why we're here, you know. It it never it's 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 never what does he say never gets uh better never gets worse but it always gets different right, right. that's Dave so, he is so. boy I tell you man he he really on the Van Halen news desk man it's like people either love him or they hate him and, you know I mean it is it it gets pretty uh pretty ugly down there in the comment section oh it still does I know man I've I've yeah. Uh, I, I deliberately don't wade in, but I do, yeah. I, I, I do read and Pete, man, it is just, it hasn't changed. Has it, man? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, he, I, I would think, he, you know, after Eddie's passing, it would kind of chill a little bit, you know, but yeah. um, Hey, they're passionate, man. It's, it's, we, we already know this, this, this isn't, uh, you know, Bon Scott and Brian Johnson of ACDC. Uh, it, it's, it's not, you know, I mean, there was a little bit of a battle with Ozzy and 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 Dio, and and the fans kind of split on that. But th there's nothing like this, and and no. it'll always be that way, you know. No, um, this is this is Palestinian and Israeli <laughs> uh, kind of conflict. You know, never the twain shall meet. I don't know if the kitchen sink tour would have happened. I mean, I know Eddie wanted that. I just don't know if if they could have pulled it off because David's just saying we could not get along. I don't think yeah. they could have. You know, I don't. You know. Yeah. But we'll never know. Fun to speculate. We'll never at the know. Very least. Yeah. So, well, all right. Well, I took a break from watching the No Holds uh, No Holds Barbecue for the first oh. time. Don't. Oh, that's not great. After, 
<laughs> Don't even, let's not even talk about that at the moment. Why I was I watching you watch it, it once a week. I, I thought you watched it once a week. I didn't know. <laughs> but I, I took I took a break to come up with my list of uh, overlook songs, and I'll tell you, that's we. There are a couple cover songs on that No Holds Barbecue, which which kind of hold up, which did not make oh, yeah. this list. But if yeah. we were to do something with cover songs, it makes me also wonder what else has he done that's, you know, that never made it on right Obviously he did the Diamond Dave record, which is 90% cover tunes, but there was some other things on there. So before I go way off, off in a sidecar here, we got our four overlooked songs and Darren, let's start with you. I'm going to say for the first one, this is not in order of favorites, uh, nothing like that, but hell of a song is damn good. I don't know if either of you have damn good on your list, uh, yes, I do. Okay, you do. Oh, yeah. And why it is that you think it's the greatest part of my criteria was that these songs were not singles, they didn't have music videos, and he wasn't playing them on any of his tours. Well, yeah. actually, one of them, it turns out he was playing them. One of my four that kills that point. But there's this when I'm working a lot of the time, I have this New Zealand 80s station. <laughs> pirate radio station <laughs> all the time i think it's awesome to hear like what were the singles in other countries a couple of weeks ago damn good came on which made me think like why why was this was this weirdly a single in australia and new zealand i don't know what it is but what a awesome song that nobody would expect from david lee roth it, yeah i believe it was a single though i gotta look it up but i think it was released as a single here in uh in the states wasn't it see i remember hearing it on the radio um back in 88 let's see i was just thinking i was just thinking too i don't know if it was a single because i obviously um, uh just like paradise and then St i thought stand up was the second single there was a video for that and yeah scraper had a video too it did and in those eras in that era not usually more than three videos uh for for an album yeah and at that point it was always lead with the heavy rocker follow yeah. up with the ballad and yeah. uh but i'm looking to see i i i just i've had it in my head all this time it was a single um i'm, I'm just looking through now i'm on wiki gonna check through discography and then go to singles let's see what we got oh yeah no, it was it was a number two U.S. rock single. Wow! Yeah, but see, even I was though I knew to that, radio all the time, then how did I not? How do I not right. remember this? I distinctly remember being like sixteen years old in nineteen eighty eight, waiting in the. I had my physical, my yearly physical. I don't know why I remember this, and I had my Walkman on, and I'm listening to the local rock station from Hartford, and 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 there was damn good. And I was like, wow, this, this song is cool. And it was just another reason for me to go out and get the album. I'm surprised yeah, I don't remember. Number two U.S. rock single. But even though I knew that, Darren, I still put it on my list. I, I still feel it's overlooked for reasons that you may feel as well. Um, what, what, do you, what, what goes into your... I mean, I know he never played it live, right? Right. I know he right. never played it live. No video. No video. Not played live. No one covered it to death. Uh, it wasn't in something like Rock of Ages, just like Paradise is in Rock of Ages. And right. is rumored to almost have been the theme song to Beverly Hills 90210. 
but due to miscommunication, yep. it wasn't. So obviously, if you have your, you know, your uh, no big ting as the low likelihood <laughs> of knowing that song. That's Steve's favorite like track. <laughs> he loves no big ting. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> they got to do it. a re-release of no big ting. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I think no one talks about that song. He didn't play it. No, no one covered it. That's kind of where I'm going with that one. But what what do you think is awesome about it? And and also, is that on your list too, Steve? Not on my list, but I, no. I I'm reminded of the fact that I can remember a lot of people talking about it. Maybe I read about it, I don't know, but a lot of people th- made the inference that those lyrics referenced the Van Halen days. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever read anything that's confirmed it, but it, it sounds like it. I think a it lot was of us inferred it, you know, yep, kind of yep. still hoping that Dave would someday go back to Van Halen as much as we were loving the solo stuff, which I'm at that sure. point was only two records in, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it was running through his mind. Stevie Vise, he wrote that as a solo song and then he brought it to Dave and Dave loved it. He loved it. Um, I just, you know, I'm so surprised they didn't make a video for that. Um it's just a beautiful song. And I believe that Stevie Vai is playing like, sounds like a 12 string on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, it's um, pretty layered. It's got some, some really interesting guitar tones on it. Uh, that's as, that's as a ballad as you'll get from Dave. Yeah. And that came at a time when ballads were, were a big thing. So I, and, and he never included it on any of his best ofs. Um, however yeah. many he has he he has the one uh or am i wrong is it on some of his best ofs i don't think, don't it's, on think it's on the rhino one that has don't uh, piss me off the best of like the definitely 19- not on that it yeah. is de- and on that one he put quite a few from that album too yeah and it's surprisingly not on there that. yeah actually um, oh, no no showtime is on, is on a little ain't enough never mind never mind okay <laughs> Uh, I, I'm looking for that best of now. No oh, compilation albums. He had the best, and then he had greatest hits, the deluxe edition in 2013. Is this? Uh, oh, I remember this one. Yeah. Let's see if he's got it in here. This is. Oh, oh, Steve, you're gonna love this. <laughs> greatest hits, the deluxe edition, 2013. 16 tracks. Track number 16, No, no. Big. Come on. <laughs> Your favorite. I'm, I'm kicking myself. I actually do not own that, which I now will own it, but I will not be playing track 16. Why? How, do, this, you, that, how do you put that in and not put damn good? That makes no sense. Well, he, how, how many tracks are on the best? 12, 13? Uh, we're talking the first one? Yeah. And this yeah, one. the first one. I thought it was like oh, 20. 20. Yeah. So on 19. The, 19 hits, one original, Don't Piss Me Off. Uh, oh, okay, cool that's too. right. So it was long. All right, so this deluxe edition is probably a pared-down, cheaper version of that, and they added yeah. no big ting on it, took off Mississippi Power. Um, Mississippi Power. But of the 19, you know, best of Dave, can't put in damn good. I don't understand that. Yeah. It's that's, such that's a, a great song. That's a big miss. Yeah. That's why I feel it's overlooked. And he never decided to play it live. Why that is, don't know. Um, I think maybe it, was, it could have been too quiet for an arena when you think. Yeah, about it. yeah. I mean, and and Dave's image was the party guy and everything. But again, it it it's just such a great. Even my friends who weren't diehard Dave fans or even Van Halen fans, they love that song. My friend Mike in college, yeah. 
you know, that was one of his songs. When he was off in the Air Force, I remember he, he said, could you put together a compilation? He's got to put damn good on there. Or he, he was like, what's that Roth song I love? What's that? It's damn good. He goes, yeah, yeah, you got to put that on there. So I, I just, I'm shocked that he never uh, put that in there. But, so you know, you guys, listen, no, no big thing. You got to get that in <laughs> So you guys both have damn good. This is a perfect segue into my first okay. track. Now, here's yeah, the go ahead. thing. You're so when I, when, when I think of damn good, I, it always reminds me of the fact that before I bought the CD, I bought the cassette. And if I remember correctly, damn good is the last song on side one. And you turn oh. it over, you flip it over, and here is my first song on side two. And I'm pulling this from memory, so I'm pretty sure. Before I get into my first song on side two, to me, that record, Skyscraper, had three really hard rock songs, right, compared to everything else. For the, for what it was, quote, not, not nowhere near as anything as hard as Even Smile, but you had Knuckle Bones, which they played live. You had yep. Bottom Line, which they played live. And then this track is my overlooked track, the first song on side two, Hot Dog and a Shake from Skyscraper. Yep. And the reason why I picked that is that it's so emblematic of this whole, that whole everything but the kitchen sink production. When you listen to that record yeah. and anybody who, who quotes, uh, you know, your real bottom line is when your spine snap crackles and pops, pal. I mean, I, <laughs> for, and there's a, that song was never played live. And there's a reason why there's no effing way they could have pulled that off appropriately yeah. as good as those guys were live the lyrics are too fast there's too many wordplay in there we've seen that with various songs with yeah. day before and i mean it's that production so it's all over the place and yet it's super musically challenging it breaks down into a slow part and the solo in the beginning a guitar solo. then it picks up again and vibe goes crazy i mean i absolutely oh. love that song yeah and great tune it's just a great rock song yeah. and it's funny and it's for me it's got to it, it's one of my favorites on skyscraper you know what i always thought of too when he when dave slows down his voice they they uh lower the pitch of his voice and, and he's got that low voice yeah. and uh, it always reminded me of like a character from one of his uh even smile videos you know <laughs> yeah. it's like kind of a funny character from one of those videos and his you know his his movie that never made it by the way, what does hot dog and a shake mean? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. Is he, is he a fan of hot dogs and shakes or or what's going on with that? You know, he was light years ahead of whoever brought their milkshake to the yard. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, and, and, okay. And, oh, I'm, I and I'm sure that I can't think of another reference to hot dog right oh, now, but okay. you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, if it was hot oh, dogs and donuts, Dave. I don't know. Maybe, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was it the Jackie Martling album? Uh, yeah, yeah hot, hot dogs and donuts. Yeah, <laughs> that is a great. Guy. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> if we That's could have great. Steve and Darren puppets for the show, like the Jackie puppet. <laughs> oh my God! We just pulled out a Jackie Martling reference. <laughs> that hot dog and a shake could have been in the name of a Jackie Martling album. Maybe he stole that from Dave. Who knows? Oh, oh, that's great. Well, All right. Who's up? Who's up uh, next? We're on to song number two. My second uh, pick. Because mine was damn good. So I've already. Uh, I've you've exhausted my... one of them. My, my yeah. second pick is one that Steve called out, which is the bottom line. Now, what yeah. I love most from David Lee Roth are the fast songs that have way too much going on. So if I were to say that my favorite Van Halen song is Hot for Teacher, you know, that would be considered too mainstream of a pick for many, but it's like, it's funny, it's fast, it's musically interesting, there's so much going on, the drums are amazing. 
the bottom line, I have no idea how they played it live because for a while that was, wasn't that the opening track on the skyscraper tour? Yeah. 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 That was so, the opening song. I mean, they couldn't replicate the female backing vocals and the, the backwards part before the, the bass solo. Is it overproduced? Yes. But the tempo is amazing. There's so much going on. I love this song and it's amazing I, again that anyone could ever play it live. Yeah. I think they were taking Shy Boy to its next uh, furthest extreme, you know? The yeah. super yeah. fast song and opener. Cause Shy Boy was was Shy Boy the opener on the Eat Him and Smile tour? I think so. I think so. We can find so. out. We can find out. While I look it up, the bottom line, it goes right in right after just like Paradise ends. Boom. Yeah. You know, there's like great. there's there's like a like a half a second between those tracks. Yeah, great sequencing. I love that. That's yeah. one of the things I loved about Skyscraver. Yeah, let's see. The uh Eat 'em and Smile Tour uh set list, and I think you're right. Let's see. Let's see. I know yeah. the Toronto Yeah, Shy Boy. Shy Boy was the opening. The Toronto 88 show, which I've looked at on, on YouTube. You know, it's hard to watch a whole show when the camera is not the best, but it sounds yeah. pretty good. And I remember seeing that was the opener in that. Unfortunately, I'm too young to have been at that show and remembered the whole thing, mind you. But are we talking the 86 tour? Or the that the 88 tour, you, unfortunately. Oh, the 88 but, tour. Okay. But what a <clears throat> cool song. Now over to you, Eric. Yeah. Okay. I'm up next. All right. So my song number two, this is one we talked about the first time I was on the show and Steve, you brought it up first drop in the bucket mm. from a little in enough. Absolutely love that song and like damn good surprised that they didn't make a video. They didn't release it as a single. Uh, that is a, a great song. And that's the last track off of a little ain't enough. And I always just envisioned the video. I mean, I thought Dave could have had a blast making that video. Maybe by the time, maybe they thought about it. And because the album was just kind of starting to fade, they just pulled the plug. But um, uh, Jason Becker, um, amazing guitar work. Um, and then it breaks into, so about halfway through, or maybe like like maybe three quarters of the way in, it, it all of a sudden just goes into this awesome groove uh, with, uh, I believe it is, Matt Bissonette on bass. Yep. Mm -hmm. Great, really cool bass line. Nice, nice keyboard work from Tuggle. Yeah. And, and you got Dave doing all the harmonica work. Uh, and then comes Becker in with his solo. Love that song. I think it could have been, I think it could have been another rock radio hit. I mean, it would have been a crossover hit, but love that song. Long track. I think that one is probably. I, I think that's the longest on the record, if I had to guess. Yeah, it's five minutes, just over five minutes. But it was written by Jason Becker. And then Dave came yeah. in and finished up. Uh, I don't know. If, I mean, Dave wrote the lyrics, but I don't know. Maybe he also kind of fine-tuned it a little bit. But beautiful song. And Jason Becker, you know, just that was what he, boy, what could have been with him. And uh, what an inspiration he is. Um, he's doing okay, by the way. He was in the hospital. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Actually, uh, one of his friends, and I, I won't say his name because I, I don't know if he wants to be mentioned, really cool guy, a friend of his, and he helps with Jason's business stuff and longtime personal friend. He, he said Jason is like the most positive person he's ever met 
just a total inspiration. And his parents are so cool. And his dad, a very smart guy, he, his dad created the whole system that he uses to, to talk. You know how he uses, like he moves his eyes? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> he said his father's brilliant. Just an amazing family, inspirational. Just, you know, he said just a, a beautiful soul. And, and, and Eddie was great to him. Eddie Van Halen was oh, very yeah, kind video, to him. Remember that video made the rounds after Eddie's yes. death. And I just, you can't watch yeah. that without getting a tear in your eye. It was just yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. So. Very kind to him. And uh, he said, you know, with Dave, it was all business with Jason. It wasn't, you know, not that he didn't, you know, I didn't feel terrible about it, but he said he didn't, you know, I didn't talk to him much, you know, after he bowed out of the tour and everything. Um, uh, it was straight, mostly business for Dave, but, but Eddie, you know, cause I think they reached out to Eddie and said, he's, he's my, you know, he's my hero. And so Eddie yeah. was moved by that. So anyway, <laughs> drop in the bucket. Great tune. Yeah. I was just, I was just saying, when you think of it, Dave and Jason probably didn't spend a whole lot of time together, right? I mean, they're in the no, studio. No. Some of that stuff may have been done in pre-production. Jason's not right. on the whole record. And then he never did the tour. And that was that, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. So, but, but he, you know, his, his, his buddy was telling me like, you know, there was, there was plenty of guitars to choose from by that time. There was a lot of gunslingers, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, I, Dave had seen a video of, of, uh, of Jason playing, you know, and it was just instant, like, that's the guy. That's the next guy, you know, and he would have yeah. been. Oh, no he doubt. No doubt. And Dave, remember Dave has a few nice paragraphs about him in his autobiography too, where he just talks about mm -hmm. him, just the guy was such a beautiful soul and just an amazing player. Mm -hmm. and, yep. and drop in a bucket is a tour de force. And that's my second track, man. That's oh, you had it too, yeah. Yeah, yep. absolutely. I mean, I love A Little Ain't Enough. I love the sound of it, with the exception of the Black Velvet ripoff. And uh, and then, what is it? There's one song that's a little bit very, uh, a little bit too close to uh, Walk This Way in the verses. I can't remember. Yeah, that's on side two, because I, yeah. I first got the cassette. Last Call. Last Call, that was it. Last but call. I mean, I love yeah. that record. I almost, I almost went with Shoot It, because that song is just... I just love the melody and the lyrics of that, but yep. dropping a bucket to me is everything. I mean, you're right. It's like a whole second song at the end of it, the last two and a half minutes there. Yeah, really cool. Bissonette goes into that great bass line. And then, you know, the, the background vocals are cooking back there. And yeah, that's always been probably my favorite song off a little, uh, off a little enough. Great album, uh, album ending. Lady Luck's another great one. That's a very like John Bonham-esque type of beat, Lady Luck. Yeah, and I, if I remember correctly, I was surprised because that's co-written by with Craig Goldie. Who played with Dio for a long time? Is that uh, right? Dio for right. a long time, but I first discovered him, and I want to say it may have been Jafria or House of Lords way back when. So, House of man, Lords, man, yeah. am I dating myself? Yeah, right. We're going back. We're going does back. It, does it make me worse or better that I interviewed a former member of House of Lords like four months ago? Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I know you impressed me, man. Come on. I, that band had some good records in the so that dates you but then that double dates me because <laughs> yeah. there's a direct contact with a member of house of lords hey by the way how about tawny katane passing away oh man 59 I, do we know what the cause of death is I, yet no it hasn't been I announced I, at least yeah. what i saw before we got on here I, I was looking at it on on a website and yeah just she yeah, she no she idea. had a van halen connection she knew uh she dated uh, Pete Angelus. And I thought she dated Dave. Um, there's um, a part in Crazy from the Heat about her. 
and then okay. dated OJ too. And he- well, I was going to go there. I, yes, I was going <laughs> to say yes. She did date OJ. She dated uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Um, uh, who, th- th- there's wait, wasn't all- she? She was in a Seinfeld episode, wasn't she? Yes. Right, where where the the chess, your brain's playing chess, whether or not you're gonna have sex or not, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, she, yeah, because she she was interviewed uh, a year ago, I want to say, um, and she was talking about how she dated Pete Angelus, and that's how she got to know Eddie and Dave and Michael. Uh, what was that, M- Mitch? She was on the Mitch. Um, uh, the podcast by uh, the, the Mitch LaFon's podcast. Oh, right. Yeah. Rock yep. talk. Yep. 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 She was talking about uh, Van Halen. Well, sidebarring here, uh, Pete Angelus, has anyone heard anything about or from Pete Angelus in the last 15 years? No. And you know what? He's from uh, my home state here, Connecticut, too. Wow. Went to high school up, up uh, yeah, in, in Connecticut. Uh, I want to say Darien, Connecticut, maybe. Yeah. I no, I haven't he- heard much of him. I was going to say, I bet he's mentioned, I haven't read it, but I want to read it. Uh, I bet he's mentioned a lot in, is it Steve Gorman from Black Crows, the former yeah. Black Crows? He wrote a book last year, which I've been, is, I just keep forgetting to get, which is supposed to be fantastic. Yep. But it really goes into the dysfunctionality of what a good portion of the Black Crows career was. Oh, and I know, yeah. know Angelus, he man, I'm pretty sure he managed them. He did. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was like his post Van Halen Dave job. Um, I think he managed them from the start. I want to say, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So who's up next? Where do we leave off? We got Uh, Darren. I think we're going back. We're going back to you for track number three. Right. Right. We're on the same page as Eric. So my third one is perfect timing, which is a song. I don't think a lot of Scott. You're a skyscraper. Well, well, I do own three copies of it on vinyl. Uh, yes, <laughs> I remember you accidentally bought two extra, and I still have my copy, and I asked you for it. <laughs> yeah, I think. My God, it's, it's a it's a cool song. It, is it a cool David Lee Roth song? I don't know about that, but it's definitely against type. It's definitely a soft song. It's closer to just like Paradise than it is the Bottom Line. But if if you can forgive three songs from Skyscraper, well, that's that. I just don't know what that song's trying to be, for goodness sakes. I mean, I can never figure that song out. It's, uh, you know, oh, no, actually, I'm, hold on, forget, for, I just I just had a complete brain cramp. I'm thinking of Two Fools a Minute. Never mind. Okay, yeah. I like perfect, I like yeah, perfect, perfect timing. timing. Yeah, that's got Sorry. That, uh, that cool riff from Stevie uh, to start it off. It's almost, I don't, I don't want to say ACDC-like, but it's uh it's almost sounded like it was intended maybe for a radio single but it never was right you know that song always stood out to me thinking a little bit more that song has possibly overlooked for me but also on that same album hina which i don't think anybody talks about but that's got a great groove to it and uh yeah the app let me just make sure everybody knows i'm correcting myself here the aforementioned two fools a minute one the weirdest strangest songs i don't know what the (laughs) hell he was trying to do on that song yeah two fools a minute (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Two fools a minute. Um, I love the he, outro of, but sorry to cut you off there, Eric. No, go ahead. I don't know if this intentionally happened. So the way that two fools, two fools a minute ends is pretty much the same way that a song on an Easy E album ends that Doctor <laughs> wow. produced. Wow, that was maybe a year before that. 
where it's kind of like uh, Dr. Dre is like hosting this radio show. And it's like, it's too late, man. The song is almost. And then it cuts off. And the same yeah. thing happens on two fulls a minute. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, he's got some, Dave's got some cool lyrics in that. The front of an oncoming train as he gets, leads it right into the, uh, yeah. into the solo. Um, Hina, by the way, though, I had a couple of buddies that played guitar in high school and they loved that song. So I always had that in my head that Hina's a, a favorite of guitarists, I think. You know, it's a really cool intro that Stevie was doing. He was trying something different. You know, he's kind of tapping like, do little harmonics in the beginning. Yeah. Wow. We're, we're, we're giving skyscraper some love. I know we're digging deep here, man. Deep. Yeah, man. My first copy of that album was, my older brother took me to Fenway Park to see the Red Sox the night before my SATs. And uh, <laughs> and we went we went to a record store there in Boston, right near Fenway Park. And the cover just grabbed me, you know, and I wanted to get because I had heard just like Paradise Damn Good may have heard stand up by then, too. And uh, it was like instantly one of my favorites. And I kept playing that thing over and over again. Yeah, great album. I, I, it's, I think it's her, it's my personal pick over Eat em and Smile, although Eat em and Smile is obviously, you know, that's Eat em and Smile is a hard rock classic. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, you know, but Skyscraper's got a little bit of a connection be, just because, you know, I got the memory connected to it. But Skyscraper, right. Skyscraper was the first music review I wrote for the University of New Haven Charger Bulletin, in which I did give it uh, a decent review, which caused a ton of consternation with well, actually, just me and like two buddies. I lived with. <laughs> I don't think anybody read the damn thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I remember <laughs> my quote, and I still stand up. I said, "If Edom and Smile was a was like a third round knockout, Skyscraper was like uh, you know a twelfth round TKO. It took a minute to get to it, but it's still a dynamite freaking record, cool. right?" So. Yeah, there, there you have it. My journalism career, all in, in uh, <laughs> my college journalism career, all in a nutshell. Do you, nutshell, do you so. still have that article? I have it. I, I oh, have it. Great. I do have it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I did college radio, and it was like you know, you just had the person downstairs in the in the uh, in the pool room, you know, uh, as the only listener. It didn't even come in at, at Southern uh, Southern in New Haven. Speaking of New Haven, yeah, Southern Connecticut, and nobody could even get it in in their uh, in their uh, dorms. <laughs> You know, oh my God, so funny! Oh, All right, your uh, next pick there, Eric. I I was kind of a it was a toss up between two tracks from your filthy little mouth, and I was going towards Land's Edge, but I ultimately I want to pick Nightlife, the cover Ooh. of the Willie Nelson song. Um, unfortunately, nothing that Dave could have done outside of returning to Van Halen at that point would have worked. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything was everything was largely ignored at that point for dave but nightlife is a great cover and and i was interesting because there were a lot there were other artists that covered this song uh that that willie nelson did um and it was originally from 1960 and i'm just curious as to why dave chose this track but i'm glad he did it just makes realize i'd love to hear an album of all blues covers by dave maybe some originals too he's got a great bluesy voice so on this track he's he's singing low and 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 the band sounds great terry kilgore i you know in in fairness to terry kilgore if if you listen to that album without the expectation of i want to hear dave you know with eddie or dave with stevie vi 
kind of thing. Right. If you remove that and you just hear, he's got a really cool tone. Mm-hmm. Like even like the riff he does on She's My Machine, it's it's really unique and it's cool. And hey, I remember Eddie Van Halen, you know, he he knew Terry Kilgore back in the day. And he and yeah. and and I guess Terry was one of the guys, you know, he was one of the the big names out there in, in uh on the scene, you know, in the, the Pasadena scene. And um it just never, you know, his career never took off like it did you know with eddie but this was his chance you know and dave brought him in and unfortunately the album didn't do well but you know terry kilgore does a great job on on this track and he's on another track i picked my next one too which we'll get to but Mm. uh nightlife yeah i i would say and and dave made a video for that one which is strange he's like uh somewhere in paris i think and he's on a subway and he's yeah 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 and he's kind of eyeing this girl and she's eyeing him back and it um you know who knows if it ever even got played at all on mtv but it's on it's on youtube you could see that's, it that's and it, right. yeah that. a n- nice nice moment a nice uh interesting track from dave in, in his career um just thinking i don't even know if he played that song live maybe he did i, I did see him on that tour but i don't think he I'll did tell you, the, the production on that song <clears throat> is great which i can't say for the rest of the record it fits right the, the it right. really fits on that song there's just something about that record that never really got out of fourth gear for me. And that was largely due to the production. And I, there's some yep. songs I truly love on that record. And a couple of them, uh, one of them, maybe two almost made my list here, but fell cool. just short. Just an interesting pick, you know? I mean, there were, there were several artists that covered it. So maybe, you know, it made the rounds enough to where Dave was aware of it, but Aretha Franklin, Sinatra covered it. BB King covered it. Um, Don Ho, they say, Dolly Parton. Uh, um, I think even after Dave, yeah, Aretha Franklin did a, a cover of it in 1998. So, so it seems like one of those those Willie Nelson songs that, uh, you know, the musicians love. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's cool. And it, and it introduced me to the to the original Willie Nelson version, which was cool. So it's always good to to find out where a song came from originally. So that's yeah. my pick for number three. Nightlife. Number three for me, it is criminal that this album is not on Spotify. And that is the DLR band album. And this song to me is one of my all time favorite songs. It is absolutely in the heavy rotation for just about for been forever for me as a workout song. And that is a song relentless off of the DLR band. That song is fucking relentless. John five sounds amazing on his just, it is just Davis his at the his vocals are incredible he's screaming and the lyrics you have to check out the lyrics on this i mean it's just it man it's what the asians say all soup and no fish i'm not even yeah. sure what dave's talking about there but <laughs> god damn it uh, what is that pencil weenie in um i can't remember but i uh, got a steel toe boot that says place butt here i mean come on oh it's it's high energy and classic dave lyrics here we go. Uh, Too close to mommy. He grew up square. Grew up square all the spine, all the spine of a spine chocolate eclair. <laughs> and I'm not even reading off of anything. Yeah, yeah, I'm cheating here. I can see clearly now the rain has disappeared. Right. Blind man follows. Blind man goes. Pencil weenie and elephant clothes. Elephant clothes. That was it. Exactly. Got a steel toe. Says place. But here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And then uh, oh, here's place... the lead with my face too. He was using yeah, yeah. that in interviews a lot too. Exactly. And I led with my face. Well, I've been you, places with my face you wouldn't go without a pistol. I, it just come on, man. Okay. And then just, I mean, that song truly is relentless. It's maybe the most ag- aggressive song on the record. I just, yep. 
from the very first listen, I do love that record. From the very first rec, uh, listen, that song just grabbed me by the throat, man. And I can never get enough of it. I, yep. I have to plead ignorance here in the sense that the MTV Finland concert, which I referenced in like six <laughs> episodes of the show, yeah. the only song that he played from the DLR band album during that is Slam Dunk. Yep. And that is, as far as I'm aware, the only single from that album. Now, he did some touring in support of that. I've never looked for any of the clips of that. Any idea if he was playing more tracks from DLR Band Live? Or if in that era, he was just doing Slam Dunk, saying it was the new album. I don't believe that. he ever played anything other than Slam Dunk. I think he was, yeah, he was, uh, somebody asked him about songs that he was going to play on that tour and you know he was basically saying he's sticking to the classics uh and then eventually he even just removed slam dunk yeah <clears throat> that's not even but, my favorite song from that record i mean i get why it got radio airplay and i remember being thrilled to hear dave on the radio again i mean i heard she's right. my machine maybe twice on the radio and it disappeared but i mean slam dunk went up the rock charts a bit and that was it just after that was just after what was it 97 so that was about a year after they had a number one song with me wise magic from the uh yep. from uh the reunion thing there the 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 yeah. barely a reunion with van halen and I mean that record, it's a solid album, man. From from for every every song on it, and I I want to say there might is there a cup? There's a ballad on there. There's Black Sand, and there's another. Um, I want to say is there another cover on that too? I can't remember now. But. I don't believe there are any covers. I think these are all originals here. They're all <laughs> Bourbon Bob jams. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Bourbon Bob. That's John Five on bass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that is Ray, always... Ray Luzier is a great drummer. Oh God, yeah. That has always really got really me really so trouble. curious that and uh, Terry Gilgore, Terry Kilgore is on a song or two on that album as well. Yeah, he's on actually when he's on a handful of them. Yeah, and I think he got a couple co-writes. I think he got a co-write. Yes, yeah. Just a um, strange time for Dave. A really good record came out on his own. What was that record? Right. I mean, why that's on? If he has all the rights, why no one has got that up on Spotify? For goodness sakes, he can do it in about ninety minutes. I mean, yeah, it, it's on Amazon Music. I have it Amazon is. Music Unlimited. It's it's there. It is. Okay. Weird. That's oh. not. I yeah. mean, I looked for it the other day. I'm mean, just because I had always heard it wasn't on. I know I've looked for it before on Spotify. I've looked yeah, on Spotify as recently as a month ago, and it wasn't there. But mm -hmm. uh, something that Eric just said, you know, piggybacking on that, the interview that I did with Dave in 2003 that we put out. I by the way, Darren, I love that. Yeah, I listened. Oh, to it's that. a cool interview. Yeah. You yeah, did yeah. Not, you were too down on yourself on it, man. It was oh, actually no, a good conversation. So Thank you very much. You know, hey, praise from you guys means the world for, for that kind of thing. I don't love a lot of my old interviews per se. I didn't know what I was doing, but, you know, it's better to have it out there than, you know, no one ever hearing it. But a thing I believe I asked him during it, I said, will you be playing slam dunk? And he said, no. <laughs> or he said something like, no, we're going to Wait a minute. Yeah, you know what? I'm referencing your interview then. <laughs> but I just said, yes, that's right. You're the one who asked him. No, you asked great questions. And that was one of the questions. And he kind of creatively sidestepped it and kind of, you know, in his own way. Um, yeah. So I wonder, you know, at that point in time, because you guys are, are smarter than me in, in this area, with the timeline of David Lee Roth, so he leaves Van Halen. Pete Angelus is his manager, right? His right-hand man. Right. And then it becomes Eddie, what's his name? Anderson? Ed Anderson, Ed Anderson or something like that? 
I think right. like it was a few years with Pete Angelus, then it was Ed something or other, who was his like tour manager turned other guy. Okay. And this, now, we're talking now, 90s? we're talking late nineties, mid nineties. I thought early nineties, like okay. he was totally getting away from real management and just like, Hey, this is my guy and I'm calling all the Yeah. So in that late nineties era, do we know who was handling Dave whatsoever? Because when we spoke with Mitch Schneider in a much earlier episode, who is his publicist from like 91 to 03 or 04, it didn't sound like there was anybody. It sounded like Dave was calling all of his own shots, which then leads to the DLR band being his own label, um, not being out there. Mm. Who was well, you calling know what- the shots? Well, also, a lot of guys will do that. uh, And it's a good money saver. You know what I mean? He's not giving 10 or 15% to some during a period of what does he really need? He needs a booking agent, right? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like he needed a whole promo team. He wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of activity around that time. What do you think of it? Well, his manager was Matt. I know Matt Sensio was his manager in the, as far back as the early 2000s, I believe. You know what he did say during the Howard Stern, Sammy Hagar interview in 02? I think he said, hey, are you still managed by Matt? And then he yeah. said, yeah, Matt, you know, that kind oh, of Right, thing. right, right. I don't know that if he, be- he may still be his manager now. I'm not sure, but. Matt Sensio related to John Sensio, MTV VJ. Any idea? Oh, I wonder, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Who like John Sensio? I John like John Sensio. Sensio. Oh, man, there's a name. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's interesting, huh? Yes, Who knows? So- yeah, he may have been he may have been just going solo on all fronts back at, at that time. Um, Do we know if he's had a manager in the last ten years, or if it's just all been assistants and? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he. I'm I don't sure know. he had somebody looking after his interests when Irving Azoff is managing all of Van Halen. <laughs> right. You know I mean? This is only the greatest you know, artist manager, the guy who, you know, made the Eagles, uh, had a hand in making the Eagles. I mean, you, you know, I don't care who you are. You need, you, 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 when you got the best there, if somebody's going to be representing you with that guy, you need somebody. I, I just, I can't imagine. He, yeah. He, he has someone that definitely helps him out because he's got someone that, that will send us stuff at the VHND and see if, you know, and I, I know his illustrations, um, I think we got we heard from one of his Dave's guys and said, "Hey, can you can you do something with this?" And you know, and I, I believe because I know Je- Jeff Hausman interviewed Dave when Dave did the Las Vegas mm-hmm. launched the Las Vegas thing, and uh, and I believe there was somebody that reached out to you know VHND on that. So the people that are helping him, whether he's got a manager like a manager manager, you know, yeah, I'm sure there's somebody helping. I mean, out I'm with sure Dave media. is calling the shots on everything at this point you know yeah he's got people sure helping, him, helping but... yeah and and on the website there is something there for media inquiries there's a contact name on right so that guy's there's... just an accountant i've looked into him right <laughs> oh yeah 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 that's great <laughs> hey well why isn't he... i wonder why dave just shut down completely his uh his podcast you know the roth show because he's you know with covid he had Plenty. i think he's spending a lot of time on the illustrations which he's he does a, an amazing job well, yes. But I think from that CBS News interview that he said, it's it's very time consuming. It's not like he can just slap that stuff together. Yeah. So and I think, th- you know, he's he's I'm sure he's carefully planning, though, this this uh, 
album with the acoustic tracks with John Five. I, I'm sure you know he's waiting for the right time. Yeah, let's um, let's not forget also that was the second podcast he did that just right. abruptly ended. So. Right, right, right. That's Dave, man. He's yeah, he's on yeah, to the so next who, thing. And who was it that was saying, um, from a personal standpoint, uh, not that it wasn't a good or bad thing. It's just Dave being Dave, where you're in his life for whatever reason, whether you're working with him or you're just kind of whatever, if he's living in New York and you're just hanging with him because you happen to be nearby or whatever. But then once he's done with that period, he's on to the next. Yeah. And then, you know, he won't talk to them. You never hear from Dave again, you know, but that's he's just Dave because he's just, guy. no. And he, and he's, you know, you could just see his mind's working. He's always thinking about the next thing. The guy's got an insatiable um, curiosity when you think of it, you know? I mean, he's, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, pretty cool. He's, he is, uh, I, I just always got that impression from him, man. It's like he, the guy always wants to learn new stuff. Maybe the most interesting figure in, in rock history, yeah. you know? I mean, just everything that he's done. Um, hell, he climbed the side of a mountain in Yosemite just for the cover. <laughs> I love that story, too, where he was just basically like, guys, let's take this photo and let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, he was way up there, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's slightly cool. better than George Lynch on the erupting volcano in the... Uh, <laughs> is it burning like a flame or... <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. The, the, oh, the fire video. It's slightly better. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this that Dave was really out there, man. That was no green screen or no. uh, it was no nothing. Where where are we at now? So I nightlife think, I picked, and then uh, you and then uh, Steve, you picked yours. So we're at Darren's had, fourth pick, right? Yeah, yeah my my last fourth round. Pick, uh, I yeah. will finally give all props to your filthy little mouth. And to me, it's an underrated track, even though he was performing it during the Vegas residency every night, and that's Big Train. Big oh train yeah should have been a hit big train there's nothing inaccessible about it it's cool it's got that sing-along chorus i could definitely tell at both of the vegas shows that i saw that most of the audience would it was like what's this i don't know but because it's got such a catchy hook or really three hooks to it it worked yeah Good great pick. song it sounds like he's using a real brass section on that, but I don't think so. There's no credits yeah. to uh, to indicate that. I think it was done all on keys, but yeah, you're right, man. That's a good tune. That definitely surprised the hell out of me when I, when I heard it. Yep. I was just like, whoa. Yeah, second song of the night, both nights. Now, when, when that residency was happening, they were going to say, they were saying, Every night's going to be a different show. But no, the two nights were identical. And I looked at the mm. set list of the first night. It was identical. The only thing that was different was he got pissed off the second time that I saw them that his harmonica was not working correctly during Ice Cream Man. Okay. And so I think he cut that abruptly. And otherwise, same show. Steve, when you saw him on opening for Kiss, did he do Big Train? Oh, I was just I trying to think of that, actually. I don't think he did. Which was my last I think that concert was Vegas only. right before COVID. Um, I don't think he did. I'm pretty, wow. Oh, I think that was Vegas only. Yeah. And, yeah. and then uh, one more sidebar here, because, hey, the legendary Eric is on the uh, <laughs> horn with us here. I was looking a couple of days ago. The Kiss David Lee Roth shows haven't been canceled again. They look to be happening in, in fall 2021. Is that your yeah. understanding? Yeah. 
I mean, that I think so. I mean, if you, and also, um, you know, like Genesis just announced summer dates. Yeah. Phil Collins. So yeah, I mean, I don't, there's, there hasn't been anything that has uh, indicated that they're not going to, I think they're, they're going to do it. Now the question is, can you do full capacity? Are they going to have to do something? You know, they're going to have to, are you going to have to show proof that you've had two vaccine shots? Are you going to, yeah. I don't know, but. Like you Kiss know, doesn't I, have to worry about full capacity. So they're good on. Ah, on well, listen, maybe if Paul, <laughs> Paul breaks out some of his soul station songs, you know, Paul Stanley breaks out some, I think that'll. 25% capacity then. Yes. Yeah. Hey guys, I got a new soul album out. <laughs> You I'm know, laughing unless he gives me that second interview with him. Then I that was not <laughs> funny, Eric. Hey, at all. Ah, <laughs> hey, Paul is listen, Paul. I I bow to you, sir. Paul Stanley is, you know, he's he is a legend. He is a legend. I'm not a big soul fan, but from what you know what? He's gotten some good reviews on it. Got yeah. Good response. I actually like, I thought it was a perfect homage, but there's an original on there that I think they did a video for. Is it called IOI or my I do you know oh. what I'm talking about? Yeah, is that the Smokey Robinson one? No, it's an original, but it sounds like it could have been from back. Um, I think it's called IOI. Yeah. And okay. it's a yeah. fun, it's I'm telling you, it definitely fits the other with the covers in there. I'm not telling you it's it's as great as some of the covers, but as far as the sound and his singing, and it's got a great hook, I totally yeah. dig it. Yep. Yep. And I mean he's it's interesting because you know he's he wished Ace a happy birthday on Twitter, and then a, he said in an interview that he would never rule out uh, Peter and Ace coming back for a show, or you know. But Peter's, you know, Peter Chris is is up there now. I don't think he could pull off. He could probably pull off a song or two, but um, but interesting. I wonder what the discussions, if any, are like between Paul and Dave. You know, you're talking about two of the biggest rock and roll iconic figures, man, of the last well forty even- years. Or even you know? Gene, when you think of it, like the Gene, that, there was, yeah, there was the history. There, there was that yeah. picture circulating around on tour where Dave was in a picture with Kiss and Make. Do you remember that? That uh, it was, it was no. a photo that came out, and it's just and God, Dave looks tiny compared. You know, they're all in, yeah. the, in the platforms, but there's a picture with him, and you know, you kind of forget for a second. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, Dave and Gene got a lot of history. I mean, Gene a lot of history them to, brought them yeah. to New York. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, and Dave, Dave pretty much you know directly came out and said look I, I think gene was trying to steal eddie and alex certainly eddie oh god um, yeah. but um there's a great clip before we get back to our list speaking of that you got to go on youtube uh some fan was backstage and they got a chance to they pulled the camera phone out and here comes dave yeah, he's the man. Okay, you know, I know it's, it, only, yeah. it's only it's like thirty seconds right before he goes stage. up on stage. Yeah, yeah he comes strutting out. What's that? Do you know who filmed that? Who? That was uh, Steve Brown from Trickster and oh, Death cool. And, yeah, no shit. Yeah, Steve Multiple Brown from uh, from Jersey. Exactly. Oh, that's so cool because Dave comes walking out. He's got that cocky strut. Yeah, Dave being Dave. And he just, I mean, even for like just two or three people standing there with a camera phone, he, he's just, he, he's on. And then he's yeah. got that, that, just that walk and he's going on the stage, just ready to just do his thing, man. I'm like, fucking love Dave, man. He's just, the, he's the man. He totally he's is. He's the man. He is the man. But uh, yeah. Anyway, 
Let's get back to the list. Yeah. Where are we with the list? Am I up? Am I up? You're up. You're up. Okay. All right. So here we go. More praise of Dave here and and Terry Kilgore. You you said this song, Steve, already. You you, uh, alluded to it. Black Sand. Oh, Um, from from the DLR band. Yeah. Yes. Another final track, like Drop in the Bucket. Um, And Terry Terry Kilgore on this one sounds great. Uh, and he also plays keys on this, the synthesizers. Dave using that low register voice and creating this this great imagery with the lyrics. Uh, great summertime song. Um, you know, just, I don't know if it was single worthy, but certainly just one of those, one of those must listens if you are a fan of Dave. Um, Black Sand. It's, it's a it. perfect closer for an album that was so well you know so comparatively heavy compared to yeah. the previous record and and um yeah it's a perfect closer i mean mellow and but it's kind of mid-tempo and and yep. uh it yeah I, it's a really really good song and dave does a great job vocally and then at the very end as they head towards they're heading towards the last like the last 30 to 60 seconds of the song uh because throughout the song he says i've heard the story i've heard a story many times one that i believe and he goes up a little bit. I heard the story many times. You know, and they, yeah, they yeah. just, oof, I get the chills, man. Um, really cool song. Love that track. And I believe Ray Luzier is on that one. Yes. But it's okay. Because it's hard to tell on those albums. There was a lot of interchanging parts on that. But uh, great production, clear. You know, um, yeah, one of my uh, all-time favorite. And that, that wraps up my four Dave tunes. I got the VH one next. <laughs> All right. Well, I got I I went with four tunes and I did pull my wild card here and I did pull a Van Halen song. But, but, but here's what didn't make the list that came close. I almost I was uh, I was really uh, I was reminded, not that I really forgot, but how much I totally dig the song Big Trouble from Eat Him and Smile. I mean, oh, yeah, it's, it's a it's just a really cool tune that, you know, when you got when you got going crazy and Ladies Night in Buffalo and Yankee Rose, I mean, and it's a short album anyway, that to yeah. me, that song kind of just, uh, uh, I, it, I mean, right there was kind of with Elephant Gun, right? That was a song that was yes. just like, almost, I don't want to say forgotten about, but it's, it's, I think, one that people overlook. There's that. And then two songs from Your Filthy Little Mouth that I love that easily could have made it on this list. And that is Hey, You Never Know. And yep. uh, you just never know, right? Just great lyrics, a fun, upbeat song. And then A Little Luck, which I really, really love. Really, huh? I don't I, like A Little Luck. Really? I, I just don't like it. No. That's it's interesting. Guitar, it's got a weird guitar figure to it. I can't, I don't, it's just, mm. it, but that, that's another one where it's like, if that song was just a tad more aggressive with a different producer, a little bit right. a bit Act, I think I'd like it more, but I like the lyrics. I love the sentiment. I think it's got a cool hook. But so those did not make my list. <laughs> but those were close to me. Those were close. List. So the fourth track for me, and I don't know if maybe this is too new to say overlooked, but uh, I absolutely always have from the moment I first heard it, love Stay Frosty from Oh uh, yeah, from, from a different Great kind of truth. Uh, the lyrics are, I think, are among Dave's best on an album where all the lyrics are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Eddie in a Guitar World interview, that acoustic guitar in the beginning is Dave, not Eddie. And okay. Eddie even gave him props in that interview. I remember saying, it was one of these ones where I read it a couple of times. I was like, whoa. I mean, he's like, Dave really plays 
really good acoustic guitar. And he so, does. Yeah. And yeah. Any, anybody might dismiss that as some sort of like, I don't know, ice cream man rip or whatever. There's no way that's, it's, that's, it's, a, that's no, the only, it's, th- it's, the only thing that's it, equivalent about cold is the title references cold desserts, perhaps, you know, I mean, yeah. If anything, it's almost like a sequel, if you want to call it, because yeah. it just, you know, it, it, it kicks in just like Ice Cream Man does. But um, and, a, and a good, I mean, again, the lyrics, I mean, there's like, you know, he talks about religion in there, for goodness sakes, which just cracks me up. And then and then also, I mean, just because it's just such a killer, the whole album sounds and Darren and I have talked about this before, just what a, it could be the heaviest sounding Van Halen record. And I think in yeah. large portion, that's because of Wolfgang and you listen to what he's doing underneath there with Alex and it, that mm-hmm. song just could be one of my, maybe my second or third favorite song from that record. To hear what the preacher said, he said, your arms too short to box with box God. With God. Yep. If you want to be a monk, you got to cook a lot of rice. Save I think Dave, frosting. yeah, Dave worked very hard on the lyrics on that album as he did with your filthy little mouth. Yeah. And, and, I, uh, and, yeah. and I, and I, and I just think I absolutely love that record and that song. I mean, again, maybe it's too, well, when you think of it, it's, it's been out for uh, nearly a decade now, right? No, isn't that crazy? It really is. So, That's... I mean, but it wasn't a single, I mean, it wasn't talked about among the songs that were, no. that were re-recorded from older stuff right as far as i know um i don't know how new the writing is state for the writing is but you know there was that handful of songs where people all picked out and said okay well um uh she's uh, what is it she's a woman was that what what's the song she's um, the woman she's yeah. the woman she's the woman that was, that was from one. an older version um there was a song uh, uh that was the instrumental ripley from i mean so but state frosty i don't know again i don't know if it was a it was a newly quote unquote new newer written song or not but that didn't wasn't lumped in with all those songs and i just loved it from the first time yeah, I, heard it. I believe it was i i worked at a radio station in connecticut that played um stay frosty and again i think you're right it was never officially a single but i remember doing saturdays and it, it came up i was like right on man <laughs> yeah we were playing she's the woman we played tattoo and we played uh stay frosty I was blood and fire is the one you just talked about the Ripley riff. Right. Yeah. That would have been a great single just because of these, the sentimental songs. Great kick-ass song with the sentimental value of the lyrics, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, I, I one thing before I forget is I, you know, because you're talking you were talking about the Edom and Smile songs, and I think we can all agree. I mean, the reason I didn't have any Edom and Smile songs on this list is just because that album is so iconic and all of the tracks have been praised so that's the only reason yeah it's, same here i don't think you can don't, don't get don't get me wrong man They're those top to bottom those are right. great tunes but, yeah, I but mean, you know they they all have received a fair amount of praise you know uh over the years deservedly i so. almost had elephant gun as one of my four and then i thought about it and i said you know what everyone who loves solo dave loves eat him and smile and sure do it hundreds of times and on that tour I'm sure he would have played every song from the album live in some form. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. That's life. <laughs> but, uh, yep. Yeah. I don't think it's an underrated album because it is amazing. And everyone who yeah, matters it, knows it, it's amazing. That was oh, yeah. my thinking too. It didn't necessarily fit the parameters because that album was not overlooked. Consequently, I don't think right. there's any songs that are overlooked to me though. It's like just how I remember always kind of listening to it. That was kind of at the back half of the record going, Oh shit, this is a killer tune. After you were blown yeah. away by 
uh, going crazy and Yankee Rose and to bat that first, I still call it a side, right? That first side. I mean, those first yeah. three or four songs just yeah. came at you like a punch in the face for goodness sake. So, yeah. And oh. if I were going to choose like a Van Halen deep cut, I would choose something from a different kind of truth because it's the least selling album of all the Dave albums by far. I would say that most people who call themselves Van Halen diehards were not super into the album and did not buy the album and it really didn't get the due it deserved so i would have said something like as is or bullethead is oh man yeah is any classic van halen it has everything that i look for like the, the fast tempo the shredding but it's heavier as steve as you were saying it is the heaviest album that van halen did whether or not that was the the point of doing it as is is honey baby sweetie doll great yeah. song wow i mean eddie's eddie's so so good on that track he's he's you know it's a great it's a great last album you know it would have been you know obviously the diehards would have wanted michael anthony there but yeah it wouldn't have it wouldn't have happened if he were part I, of the I scenario th i mean this would be I, I think and being a non-guitar player maybe this is maybe that might people think this is controversial but as far as eddie's playing it is the most varied of any van halen record i think when on this one on different, on different kind, of kind of truth it yeah. really i mean there's different tones and textures and things he's doing yeah. on there which you really I, you know certainly the first six the original six you i mean they were of course they were all groundbreaking then nobody did what he did but compared what he was doing i'd say even with the balance album but really on this one just a lot of the things he were he was doing was just I think he took some risks and and sound wise, and of course, you know, he was by this point playing his own guitar, guitars and amps, and still sound like him. Make no mistake, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't all just tapping the whole way through. It wasn't the dive bombing whammy bar stuff. I mean, some of those some of those tones that he got out of there was like nothing oh, ever heard before. Yeah, he was having fun again. Exactly, he was having fun again with his with his his son. Yeah, um, you know, it's crazy. I have an old radio friend of mine who's now out in Michigan, and he and he has me on like once a month to talk vh and uh he just because he's a huge kiss fan and he just really within like the last few years really really embraced van halen like just going back into the catalog and everything and and this just tell, says it all because this is a guy who worked in the radio business many years rock radio and he's like oh my god i didn't realize you know that what's that album they had uh what's it called it does something truth i'm like a different kind of truth like he didn't <laughs> even know about it and i think you know, a lot. A, a part of the problem was that uh, there was there was little to no promotion for it, and you know, they, I, you know, Dave wasn't out there doing his thing promoting it, and you know, there there was some promotion, but not the label promoted. I mean, there was a video, there was a single, there was radio promotion, yeah. but there was a, not a, the, not like the, I mean, you, I was waiting to see them on on Leno and right, right. Well, and like then, what they did, like what they did with Jimmy Kimmel. You know, they went out there yeah. and. Uh, I don't know if that would have made a difference, you know, but, but yeah, yeah. And that was part of kind of what Darren and I've talked about a lot was that there was almost like a media blackout from the reunion, which left a lot of the mystique out there, right, but it wasn't right. like Dave. I mean, Eddie did what maybe from the reunion on until, you know, that last tour in 2015. I mean, I think you count on one hand, the number of interviews he did. And I, there, yeah. I think there were like guitar world. I mean, and Dave, I mean, for a guy, guitar world. Yeah. I mean, and, 
I and I just think, and we speculate on this. I just think that may have been just part of the not only the plan, but kind of part of the the um, the agreement. I think maybe you know, yeah. keep everybody happy. There was yeah, no sniping right. in the press. Nobody was going to say anything. You know what I mean? It was like sure, it was, sure. And well, I, I, I I kind of enjoyed it actually. It was like it like again, it left some mystique. Um, yep. But normally, I mean, Dave would be running towards every micro microphone possible. I think in promoting a Van Halen reunion, right? Oh yeah. Two, no, two, nobody three, better at it than him. Oh, sorry to cut you off there. Yeah. Two, two, three years ago, I taped an interview with Ross Hogarth, who was the engineer, or at least the main engineer on Different Kind of Truth. Yeah. And he was being inducted to some like Hard Rock Hall of Fame, Los Angeles Hall of Fame rock kind of thing. And of course, I asked the questions of, you know, hey, how does it feel to be honored? How do you feel about your career? And then I snuck in a, so what was it like making a Different Kind of Truth? Nice. Kept the and I expected, going. I expected him to to say something like, "Oh, well, it's a great album, and I love Van Halen." And he basically said, paraphrasing here, like, "Eddie's like family. Always love working with Eddie and Van Halen. And Dave is a nightmare to work with. And he made the album hard for everyone to mm. deal with because he took for so long. He took so long on it, and he did everything away from the band. I." I believe it's at the Henson studio yeah. where he wrote yeah. and recorded it. So I have to imagine it just was not an easy album to make because the personality clashes were still there. So any kind of a media blackout was there to stop the tour from stopping. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think anybody was under any illusions that they were all woodshedding in, in uh 5150 knocking out these songs. You know I mean? It was Wolfie finding tapes and they were putting stuff together and they it was, I'm sure it was cut mostly live because that's how they did things. And, you know, then there was the overdub stuff like that. And they were building a track by track of 5150 and then Dave's over at Henson studios with John Shanks, I think was also a producer. Yes. Right. And yeah, he was his producer. thing. And I'm sure there was a lot of back and forth and probably, uh, again, I don't think it was, it was maybe the least collaborative Van Halen record, I would bet. Which is amazing that the end product is as good yeah, as it is because those early miracle. albums, yeah, those early <laughs> albums were, were all for the guys right there, you know, at yeah. the Sunset Sound Studios, man, just all looking at each other so they can play off of each other's little nods and you know, and the chemistry is, is there and to, to be able to pull it off like they did. Yeah. And and, hey. and certainly all the, the, certainly the Van Halen trio could do it. Cause I mean, way before this album, I mean, that's all they ever did. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. they were playing all the time all and as the soon time. as Wolfie could pick up a guitar and he started playing with his dad. I mean, that's all. And Eddie, that's all Eddie and Alex did. Right. I mean, yep. so you couldn't get any tighter than those three. And I just think, I think through sheer force of will and talent. And I think the fact that they all wanted to get it done somehow, and especially yeah. Dave was probably the driver. I mean, just he's, he strikes me as being a real perfectionist also. Oh, Dave. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. He'd be the first to admit it. Yeah. You know? I mean, certainly. So, I mean, if something yeah. didn't sound right to him on a vocal and it was going to take a couple more takes, that's yeah, just the yeah. way it went. Yeah. And so. those who worked for Dave, you know, would say you don't want to get on his bad side. Um, yeah, you know, he, he was, you know, the end product was, was the goal. I mean, he, he, whatever it took to get, to make it happen, but that was, and he's always said that's part of the magic of Van Halen is that friction. So, um, Alex, you know, he talked about in the uh, modern drummer legends, uh, issue where he, he did an extensive interview, which you can get, 
um, through the Van Halen store. You know, it's just like nobody, nobody will really ever understand um, just the inner workings of, of myself and Eddie, you know, and just how, how much music, how much, how much time was put into our music. Like he basically was just like, I'm not the type that's going to go out there and do these interviews and talk about what I do and get on social media. Um, so you get the feeling that like those, those two guys were just in the studio, like endlessly, like oh. 12 hours a day, you know, into the early morning hours. And oh yeah. Since they were, kids, like they, mean, so yeah, they, they just shared the same musical brain. You they know? surpassed. They surpassed that ten thousand hour rule by the time they were in their yeah, early twenties. You know, absolutely. I mean, and, and and the four original members. You know, those early days, man. Just by the time they had that first album, they went into the studio to record the first album. They had those songs already down pat. All they, they had to do yeah. is Jamie's crying was the additional one. Everything else was just like we got this. And even Ted Templeman said that man. He goes, I'd see these guys playing down in uh, you know Dave's uh, basement there, and um he's just like blown away yeah you know? they work their blown asses away. off i mean they yeah. really could not get a harder working band back then yeah so. I, I, what do we got who's who's up next for their uh their vh pick i think was that we it lost. did we go all <laughs> we, four I, can i give you mine i didn't give you mine yet oh did we Go jump around did, did you I, I mean i gave the unofficial as is or you know, okay all right. head, as is ahead, you're gonna you're gonna we're gonna chat that down like i i want to like keep score like when i was a sports writer you have a little box score. <laughs> it's got uh ninth inning he, he chose okay um all right so i'm I, i'm gonna go with uh most overlooked van halen song of all time my god is this a challenge Ooh. little guitars with the intro oh bam how is that not a freaking hit single great pick oh my oh, goodness god what a great song there, there isn't a van halen fan who's listening to this right now who isn't who isn't thinking oh i love that freaking song you know great song the intro is what actually inspired dave to write those lyrics about the lyrics of the the, the, the senorita and all that yeah. you just heard eddie you know playing the best that song intro. On, the best song on diver down clearly it's got a catchy yeah. chorus it's got yeah. that brilliant performance from eddie Dave doing his thing. I mean, it's 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 got the harmonies. You know, I'm surprised that that wasn't released. And I think it might have made it made it Eddie happier because you know he was just tired of the covers, and this was an original. Right. And refresh my memory, original. that song was that song written before that record or right around that time? It wasn't one of the older ones from way you know from that original demo that farmed out so many you know most of those. No, I believe this was just something that Ed had come up with. You know. On his own, not not during the early club days, you know. He may have had, he may have been playing around with it, you know, on the on the tour right. bus and stuff. But um, but it you but know. it came became fully realized for Diver Down. Yeah. Oh, what a song! What a song! Um, Great pick. Yeah, Dylan doesn't have the biggest track record of licensing to movies. I'm sure they turned down many many things, but that song is actually in the movie This Is Forty. Right. They, you know, they're, they're, they're the most, well, last I read, Dax Shepard once said that, that, that Van Halen was one of the, if not the most expensive band to get permission to use their music. Uh, that surprised me. Could be. They're definitely one of. Um, I heard yeah. some stuff about Guns N' Roses that was, quote unquote, complicated. They're up there, with, yeah. uh, okay, I'm going to speak a little out of turn here. So, <laughs> 
a friend, a friend who was friends with Axel's manager for a little while in the mid 2000s told me about this arrangement for this movie. Um, MTV rushed out this like real world spring break movie that was supposedly like only finished a week and a half before it hit theaters. It was a real, we got to get this out. We're going to make a lot of money on this, but it was a huge bust that caused a lot of chaos and didn't make its money back. So they explained to me how when you get an Axl Rose song into something that he's expecting like an unwritten producer credit, meaning his name is not in the producer credits of the film, but he's to be treated like a producer and that a brown paper bag of cash that was not in the contract (laughs) has to be delivered by this time. Oh my God. Which is actually commonplace on hip hop have you ever heard of the bag in hip hop? If not, I'll break it down. No, right. no. Supposedly, like, let's say you were going to be, oh, okay, he's doing so a You're not going to, uh, Suge Knight's not going to make a hit on you if you reveal this, are you? <laughs> if, if anything, Suge is call can we edit prison. this out? Can, I don't want to do part it. of this. <laughs> I've heard this related to Jay-Z. I've heard, I don't know anything about this. All taken out. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> is, is that the bag is is allegedly let's say you were going to have like a third of the publishing and you were going to get royalties on the track and all that you are still as the artist expecting the bag to be given like hey you cut the track here's a little appreciation and it's this like brown Mm. paper bag of cash and the artist will be like only eight g's you know like hip-hop has that weird kind of thing and I don't know if Axel learned it from hip hop or hip hop learned it from Axel, but hmm. the bag is out there. So around the time that all that happened, the movie Old School, they wanted to use Welcome to the Jungle in the movie trailer and the movie. And they offered a million to Guns N' Roses for that. And the four other members that aren't Axel went, of course. And Axel went, no. And then the other members who had the publishing sued axle and it went to court and they had to to settle it because they're like why would you cancel why would you say no to a million bucks in a movie yeah. like that it so was, i can't it, imagine that um uh little guitars and this is 40 cost them a million bucks it's right a sh- it's a shame about old school because i bet that song would become a big hit if it made it in the movie totally totally <laughs> the public performance money too well but, the uh Screen Rant, the website Screen Rant picked the 10 best uses of Van Halen songs and movies, and we we posted that to VHND. So there were more than I even realized that were used. Um, Better Super Off Bad. Dead is the, yeah, Super Bad was Panama. Better Off Dead is the obvious one we all know. Everybody wants some. Oh, Eddie yeah. the Eagle used Jump. Uh, the Well, what made the list was Eddie's jamming on Back to the Future, which yeah. I love. I love that. Uh, what else did they have here? But I, I was surprised to see some of the ones that, you know, I was like, oh, God, that's right. They did use that in that movie. Um, let's see. I, I do remember. Your Love Tonight was used in, in the Green Hornet. I didn't know that. Seth, Seth Rogen danced the night away in Anchorman 2. Oh, Ready Player One was made great use of jump. They use that oh, in the opening yeah, scene. The opening of the movie yeah. is jump. Yeah. Uh, running with the devil and little Nikki. 
Uh, Adam Sandler would buy all of his uh, Van Halen gear for movies through uh, my buddy Jeff at the Van Halen store. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Place a huge order and uh, jump in Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, Panama super bad. Everybody wants them and better off dead. Yeah. I don't know if they had a song in The Wedding Singer, but there's the, the joke mm. that was in the trailer where Adam Sandler's ex fiance in the movie, she's wearing a Van Halen shirt and he says, take that shirt off before Van Halen breaks up. Or yeah, something. that's a great scene. <laughs> that's a great scene. Yeah. Man, that might have been that might have been one of the shirts that were worn were from Jeff's Van Halen store. <laughs> that's so Van funny. Halen two logo uh, <laughs> from that. So could be. Yeah, that's so funny. But yeah, Little Guitars is my pick. It's kind of a hard pick, but that's the one what I would say is uh, often overlooked, not by Van Halen diehards, but one that if you were just to play for the average rock fan, they may or may not recognize right. it, which is a shame. So who's next, Darren? Oh, I, you already I'm picked all your, Oh, you already picked yours. Yours was yeah. as is, okay? You were, the, you were our closer. So, Steve, what, what did you say was your Van Halen pick? Uh, Stay Frosty. Yeah, it was Stay Frosty. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting, right? Those, I mean, that, I think that whole album, album is overlooked. Yeah, no but, doubt. Yeah. I, I, when I, I have to admit, when I, listen, when I put on that album, I start with track three, You and Your Blues. I skip yeah. Tattoo. I never dug the song. I get what it is. And she's the woman. I get it. But really? I, huh? She's the yeah. woman I love. Wow, interesting. Chinatown's great. That oh, yeah. song, that Chinatown. song's amazing. Yeah. It's really uh, that song for blew me away because when I first heard Eddie and and Wolfie do that interplay, you know, where they're both, I'm like, this is what Sheen and Vi did back. Oh yeah. yeah. And that's really what Eddie wanted to do for a while. What's the um, they talked about on the 1984 sessions that Eddie the opening to Hot for Teacher, he did that on his own. He played guitar and bass, lined them up, and then they decided not to do it, probably because you know they weren't wouldn't have been able to do that live, you know, because that just wasn't Mike's Mikey's uh, style, you know. He, you know, but interesting, right? Yeah, I and and you know, and 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 Eddie wanted Sheehan in the band for a minute. Yeah, I remember reading yeah. that. Yeah, Michael Anthony is, uh, seems like a great dude. Um, oh. No, yeah yeah he wanted to get up and jam with dave he was up for it for the vegas show so i think it'll end up happening yeah hopefully yeah before yeah. it's too late they 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 should learn by now you got to do it while you still can yeah i mean we're now let's see what october november december january february march april so we're coming with seven months since eddie's passed and i'm still unable to really embrace it you know because you hear him he's part of our everyday lives so he's yeah. going to be so yeah, man, just uh, I used to joke with my coworkers and friends, you know, anytime they would try to say, well, what are you going to do when one of these guys passes away? And I'm like, no, nah, they, they won't. They're, they're not human. They're, they're, you know, they're, and I was half joking, half the other half of me was like wishing it were true. Well, I mean, when you that's you just, obviously, I mean, everybody's getting older, but my goodness, when they've been a part of your lives or when your favorite band's been a part of your lives now for, you know, what 30 plus years right when maybe yeah. we all started really getting into music in, in the 80s or late 90s and or early 90s whatever i mean and suddenly you're like oh my god these guys 
or I mean, shit, I'm a huge cheap trick fan and Tom Peterson had open heart surgery and he turned 71 to the day we're recording this on mother's day. It's like, you know, know. everybody's, uh, uh, you know, every, everybody's, uh, looking at the clock. And Robin Zander continues to amaze and defy the odds, man. Yes, somehow. Still in the original key, every Cheap Trick song when you see it. Outstanding singer. Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe he would say, but it doesn't sound like he's, they're, they're, you know, tuning down or I don't know if they are, it's not noticeable. so. Yeah, there's only a few yeah. guys that could still. Sammy being one of them, Sammy can still get up there. And he'll admit though, singing "Dreams" was hard back then, but now he's got to, you know, tune down and and reworks it acoustically. And uh, yeah. but boy, he's, you know, he 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 loves to sing so much so that he can't help but uh, bust out a, a a lyric or two in, in interviews. And you're just like, there's that voice, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. I. I I um I, I just I love both eras. I know we're on a, a DLR podcast here devoted to Dave, but you're just, allowed I love, to like what you uh, we're like. allowed to like, I love both eras and it it just I just can't stand the wars between the two sides. It's no. you know, Wolfgang said it best. You know, it, it really makes no sense because Eddie's there. He's like, my dad's on all of those. Yeah. And 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 um, you know, the chemistry wasn't there with gary but there's some good moments there i would say a year to the day is going to be one that i'll always enjoy listening to and say about three or four tracks from that album but um you know it it i i always felt fortunate that i loved both eras because there's just more for me to to listen to and it's mind-boggling because sometimes some guy laid into me for a headline i wrote uh sometimes the what people read into and they think that uh they, they, they would think that um, I'm anti-Sammy or I'm anti-Dave. You know, they read into things. And if they only knew, I'm, I love both. There was the one where Sammy was talking about if, in hindsight, he, he wished he would have waited longer to write the book. He wouldn't have been as. Yeah. Well, yeah, what's the word it's he used? Of, I but I, I, I used the word he regretted. He regretted it, you know. Yeah. In the, in the headline. To me, that's regret. What he's got is regret. Yeah, that sounded that like that sound would sound like to me. Oh, and this guy, uh, I've had it with this editorial bullshit, <laughs> you know. And I was like, dude, chill, man. You know, it's 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 not it's 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 okay if Sammy regrets that. You know, he he I know he just because he didn't say he regrets it. He he when he, he when he said, it. when he inferred it when he's saying, you know, the stuff that I wrote now that Eddie's passed is like you know a stake through my heart. You know, and I, and I would have been more tempered, you know, I would have waited a little bit longer. He's got some regret, which is what's wrong with that? Right. <laughs> what is wrong that's, with that? There's that's, nothing that's, wrong that. that's hindsight, sense. empathy. Yeah. You know, maturity. Um, yeah. Too bad. It, it's too bad. I'm just I'm just happy, though, that uh, it seemed as if Eddie, when he passed at that point, he made peace with Sammy. He also got past his addictions and he was living a good life found a you know found a uh janie was it seemed like he was very happy with her and he found peace with with valerie and they were both happily you know raising a kid they both loved and he was so proud of his son who about june 11th by the way is mammoth yeah. drops I'm really looking forward to that yeah you know he's so proud of that kid so he was you know i would have really been heartbroken as a fan if he if eddie had passed when 
we all kind of feared he would, which would have been early 2000s when he was just in rough shape. Yeah. And he wasn't the person that he really like those who would say they knew him. He's just like a sweet guy. And then all of a sudden he just he wasn't himself. He was, you know, like Sammy was some of the some of the stuff he wrote in the book, you know, some of the stuff just right. I think he was just, uh, you know, he was he was angry. He was pissed. Interesting, man, that that whole period between the late 80s, 90s through, you know, when Wolfgang comes into the picture, it was, uh, you know, it seemed like he's just going through a rough time. And there, and who was by his side the whole way, man? Big Al. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we talk, we talk about that brother. a lot. That, we talk about that a lot, that that was kind of like this, you know, this lost era it was very, so unproductive when you think of it, right? From like 96 yeah. to 2000 for a good 10 years, at least. I mean, there was that reunion tour with Sammy, which was by all accounts, just, oof, I've seen the videos online. And it's just, it's sad. And I know. Um, you know, there was no new, you know, there was, there was Van Halen three and that did what it did and did what it didn't do. And, and, um, and so it was really, it was just, it was the low period and I'm with you, man. I mean, when I saw him, when I saw that initial press conference, saw they were back, I'm like, holy shit, he's, he's clear eyed. He's, he sounds yeah. great. He's, and, every, and I'm telling you every, I remember everything I'm reading about that, especially guitar freaks and, you know, people who really know guitar are like, this is Eddie's, I've Eddie's playing. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, and, and, and people would have, they would have posted their comments and no, nobody's oh, yeah. shy about that because they were laying in the day with his vocals and that, oh, that, yeah. that's just, you know, that's the same thing they do to Paul Stanley now, yeah. but, um, but with Eddie across the board, he was sharp on his game and he was, he looked relaxed, like he was having fun. And he was he was back to, you know, the lead singer. They can do whatever they want to do, man. I'm just, I'm having fun here. I'm playing, you know. And he looks over and sees his son over there. I, yeah. So, I, got, I yeah. got a sidebar big time, Eric. <laughs> sidebar away, man. I don't know if I read about this on Van Halen News Desk or not. Because, you know, every now and then you forget to check a couple of weeks. And then you realize, oh, you missed a couple of great How movies. dare you? How okay. dare you? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't read everything, but <laughs> without you guys, damn you, Van Halen. Guys, it's been I, great. Take care. <laughs> I'm only okay. kidding. I'm only kidding. Go ahead. As a big wrestling fan, yep. uh, Janie, Janie has been very active in pro wrestling since Eddie's yeah. passing. Has that been getting to you guys at all? Did you write about that at all? No, we haven't. I, I saw some of those things come across, and uh, I, I don't know, nothing, nothing would say no reason not to but we just kind of feel like if it's i i i don't know if she wants to really be have to be connected with the van i think that's her thing she was yeah. doing it prior to eddie's passing i think it's her, it's her thing you know um and um uh, but not that we wouldn't be open to it but i did see something she just did some interview or something was it this week she She's was done a promoting handful of appearances in character. I think her wrestling name is Lita LeMay, if I right. remember correctly. Right. Yep. Yep. She's the manager of this character who's, a, I don't know if he's an evil ballroom dancer or something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I, saw <laughs> I see that. your look, Steve. So, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's the way she, you start she, losing me, Darren. <laughs> she had gotten into that, I would say. For a while now she's been doing that yeah i mean uh she's that was tough for her oh, yeah. she was uh actually she had cody i think that the, the article i saw involved uh, her talking about cody van halen as well their, their dog eddie loved that that dog cody 
Take him on tour with him. Did you ever see the clip of this is like a weird wrestling rarity of the mid like 86, 87 when WWF is at Madison Square Garden and the announcer thinks that Sammy Hagar's in the house. So they go, uh, no, gentlemen, the lead singer of Van Halen, Sammy Hagar. And this guy jumps into the ring. That's clearly not Sammy Hagar does a wave and then runs out of the ring. Oh, that's hilarious. I got to look for that. If you can't find it, let me know and I'll try and dig it. But you go like, does, did the people then not know or are they trying to dupe the audience into thinking Sammy Hagar was a fan? With wrestling, you just don't know. But, no. you know, I'm glad you brought that up because be, real quickly before before, uh, before we wrap this up, there's I just watched today A&E did a great biography on Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and it made me think of, of Dave with his lyrics. Roddy would... Uh, write down in a notebook um, something uh, like, for example, uh, just when they just when they thought they had all the answers, I changed the questions, right? You know, the Roddy Piper <laughs> thing, you know? That's shit he would write down in a notebook and then pull out later. And I remember Dave talking about that lyrically, something he sees in his travels, something he overhears somebody say. Uh, you know, when was the first time you, when was the last time you did something for the first time or, you know, yeah. whatever, he would just jot it down. And I thought that was so cool it, 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 because, you know, Dave is always, they always talk about Dave would be a great wrestler, you know, like doing all the promos, you know, and that was Rod, Roddy had the same, same method when he, when he was going to get on the mic, he was just going to give it his all. But I thought that was interesting. Jotted down little things here and there in a notebook and always had him ready. Because that's what Dave told Joe Rog- Rogan. He says, I got a notebook full of sayings and uh, yep. euphemisms and y- you name it, you know? Exactly. Well, cool. good stuff. Sidebar City USA, uh, thank you for, for that's listening. That's your next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All non sequiturs. <laughs> we, we don't know where it's going to go. Nothing but yeah. We just, <laughs> Nothing we but just, yeah. We just throw sun up on the wall. Oh my God, that's great! That's great. You have been a, a Hall of Fame guest. Uh, oh man, this was there. fun. Thank this you. was fun, guys. This was fun. Hey, I, I I'm real excited. Um, I just just launched a new podcast called Booked yeah. on Rock, so I, I'd love for people to check it out. I did the Dis- Discovery one for a while, and uh, uh, switching over to Booked on Rock. Um, you know, got got a chance to interview a lot of great authors of rock books, and I and I I looked. And I couldn't find there's a lot of great podcasts on books, you know, book reviews or interviews with authors on books, none just strictly for rock and roll. And as you guys know, man, there's there's a there's a at least one or two books on rock and roll that come out almost on a weekly basis. Yeah, it's and, um, the amount of autobiographies that are coming out there and then books like, uh, you know, they're covering different scenes like nothing but a good time which right right yeah it's it's been a banner time to publish books on rock yeah so i just launched it bookedonrock.com is the website and i've already got about three or four interviews lined up uh got some old friends of the discovery podcast greg prado and and martin popoff who martin has just put out a book of rush in the 90s uh it just you know they're all some people are are um reaching out to me and I'm reaching out to them. And as you know, you know, you just, you just go fishing, you know, you send out stuff to publishers or you see if you got connections and, um, and Steve, you've been helpful too, because you work in the industry. 
Uh, so more folks for you in the months ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm really excited about it and, uh, just urge everybody to check it out. If you're into some good deep dive discussions of, of, uh, you know, some of the greatest artists and albums and songs in rock history, man, these, these authors, they work really, really hard on these books. And, uh, you know, as you know, like the, the Martin Popoffs and Greg Prado's man, they're, they're churning them out and it's amazing. It's impressive. Yeah, it's, I mean, these are just, you know, these are like very good books, you know, uh, Greg just put out one on, on John Bonham that I'm hoping to talk to Greg about. So yeah, well, we'll have the link in the show notes. Cool. Cool. Booked on rock.com and get, and get ready for Wolfgang's new album, June 11. Of course, oh, the yeah. news desk will be, um, you know, we have been following that all along. Uh, Dave's always busy with his, his illustrations, which we've been running a lot of those and <laughs> Sammy's busy, you know, Sammy's getting ready, set up some spring dates, Michael Anthony is with Sammy in the circle. So we, we've got stuff to, to write about, but, you know, and, and, and Eddie's legacy just lives on, man. And so, you know, if we could do yeah. our part, however, you know, small it is, it's, you know, just to keep his name uh, and his legacy alive. And there's, you know, there's uh, a lot of folks like us out there who are, who are doing the same. Uh, Dweezil Zappa has got a great podcast. Um, you know, just a lot of them are out there. And hey, long live Eddie, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Plenty of activities to come too, I think. So with yeah, so tours yeah. and we haven't even got yeah. to what might be coming out in the vault someday. So well, we're yeah, let's let's keep our fingers crossed. You know, we're we're you know, we're in uh you know, here in the US, we're doing good with the COVID. I got my second shot and I know, you know, we Genesis with Phil Collins just lined up some dates and we were talking about the Kiss and David Lee shows. Those have, you know, they're still on the table. Yeah. I think we're getting back, you know, back to the norm. And, um, you know, it, it'll be nice to get back to that again. And uh, so I can go on YouTube every night and see what Dave's up to on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all do it, don't we? I do it all yeah, the right, time. Right, 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 <laughs> so, right. Yeah, man. I, hey, you know, you know, I'll, I'll keep you guys up to date and whatever I hear in, in VH land. As always. Thank you, Eric. It was a pleasure, man. Always all right, is. guys. Speak soon. Man. Thank you very much. And, and uh, happy birthday, Alex Van Halen. Yes. Thank you, man. All right, guys. Take, Take care. care.